There's a creator named Talon Michael. Talon Michael, that guy is doing an amazing job expanding the kingdom of God. He got touched and he launched a YouTube channel. Two million people following him on YouTube. You're the biggest solo Christian creator now on the platform. You haven't walked this fast in years? Well, let's go a little faster. Hallelujah! <laughs> All right! I didn't come for dead religion. I didn't come for some washed up sermon. I came for the power of God. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, breakthroughs in the room. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, healing's in the room. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, new levels are in the room. I said the joy of the Lord, it is your strength. What God does in one, he'll do in another. What God's done in my life, he'll do in your life. When you touch someone in faith, when you reach out and touch God with faith, you get what you're believing for. It's this simple. Believe the word, stand on the word, act on the word, operate in faith, never walk by sight. I said religion will teach you lessons. Only Jesus can give you life. But you can't lose if you stay in the realm of faith. My generation, your generation, this generation shall be saved. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael. Thank you for joining me again this morning. Today, we're continuing with part two of our new series, The Three Most Important Prayers You Can Pray. Today, I'm going to cover the second prayer. You do not want to miss a single moment of this live stream. Make sure you stick all the way to the end. If you're jumping on right now, either you're watching live or you're watching after this is posted, do me a favor. Hit thumbs up on this video and share it with somebody. Share it on Facebook. Share it on your timeline. Share it on your Instagram story. Tag me in it. Share, uh, hit the share button on YouTube and send it to that like one crazy ant that we all have that's like super spiritual. You know, share this with people that you know it's going to impact their life. There is a way to pray. There is a way not to pray. There is a way to get answered prayer. And there's a way to get non-answered prayer. The results of your prayer life are totally dependent on your revelation of what you're praying. I want you to write that in your notes. The results of your prayer life are totally dependent on the revelation knowledge that you have concerning what you're praying. The Bible says my people destroy themselves. Not the devil destroys my people, although he does come to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Bible says my people destroy themselves. God's people, Christians, are actually responsible for whether or not they prosper in this new covenant. And it's based on knowledge. He said my people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge, a lack of revelation knowledge. But I believe as you stick to the very end of this, that will never be you. Someone type in the chat this morning, type, I will not be destroyed by the devil. Wake up every day and refuse to be destroyed by the devil. Go with me in your Bibles as you're joining me today to Ephesians chapter 2. And as you're joining and turn in there, let me say hi to Arvin. Good morning, brother. I saw Zach and Tracy on here. Good morning. Love you both. Ashley, Harry, Megan, Tanya, Alexa, Bella. God bless all of you. We love you all dearly. <laughs> Good morning, Caden. Ian Harley, hello. Kyle, hello. Kyle said he's got his Bible. All right, good. If you have your Bible, type in the chat, I have my Bible. And let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2 together. This is going to be a really fun one. Make sure you stick all the way to the end. 
Ephesians 2 verse 1, listen to this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So there was a time before you were born again that you were led astray by the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. It says you were living according to your flesh. You were, you were influenced by the spirit that is at work of the sons of disobedience. What that means is when you were not a Christian, or maybe you were a Christian, but you didn't have revelation on your covenant with God. When you were not a Christian, your life looked like everybody else. Your relationships looked like everybody else. Your parents' relationship looked like everybody else. Your finances looked like everybody else. Everything about your life was going the same direction as everybody else in the world because you were an individual that was led astray by the prince of the power of the air. You, your life looked like everybody else being controlled by the devil. But somebody type in the chat this morning, that's not the case anymore. That's not the case anymore. Your life sucked at one point because the devil came to steal, he came to kill, and he came to destroy. He was picking apart your life and you were destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. But that's not the case anymore. The Bible says, among whom we all once lived. There was a time where we lived that way, but not anymore. Because look at verse 4. But God. So life sucked, but God. Finances were leaking out left and right, but God. I was sick, depressed, anxious, broke, busted, and disgusted, but God. It says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, and by grace you have been saved. So that's not the case anymore. You were that way. Life was that way. But even when you were dead, when you got born again, the Bible says God raised you up together, made you alive together with Christ. By the grace of God, you've been saved. You've been saved from sin. You've been saved from recklessness. You've been saved from trespasses. You've been saved from the works of the flesh. You've been saved from sickness. You've been saved from poverty. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, it says that the law of the spirit of life has triumphed over the laws of sin and death. So you've been saved from sin. You've been saved from death. You've been joined together with Christ, and you've received the law of the spirit of life. Where there was death, you've now received life. Somebody type in the chat, I've received life. The life of God, that word life in the Greek, it's zoe, meaning nothing missing, nothing lacking, totally whole, totally filled, overflowing, complete. You've received the life of God, the law of the spirit of zoe. You've received a spiritual law called zoe life. Jesus called it abundant life. You've received abundant life, abundance in your marriage, abundance in love and peace and joy and health and prosperity. Your life is in covenant with God and you've received abundance in the spirit realm. Not lack. You can't be lack-minded. That's how you were before, but that's not the case 
anymore. And it says, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You must write this down in your notes. Where am I? If someone said, Taylor, where are you? We covered this yesterday. I'm in Christ. Well, what does that mean? It means I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm in this world, but I am not of this world. The government does not rule me. The prince of the power of the air does not rule me. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all powers and principalities and might and dominions and every name that is named. And I'm not just standing in heaven. I'm seated in heaven. What does that mean? I've been given royalty status in Christ. I rule and reign in life as a king through Jesus Christ. I remember when I first started getting revelation of this, when I realized that I have authority as a Christian. I'm not just some doormat for the devil. I'm not just some doormat for circumstance. I'm not a doormat, but I have authority. I can speak to mountains and they move. I can speak to giants and they die. I can possess the land. I've got the authority of the believer. I started to realize if God be for me, who can be against me? And when I began getting this revelation, it seemed like mountains just got up and ran out of my way. Whenever I'd come, those things that were holding me back, they would just go. I had student loan debt. This is crazy. I haven't even made this public until now. I had student loan debt that I began to speak to years ago. And I began to curse it at the root, uproot it, and cast it into the sea. And I checked just a couple of weeks ago to see where that student loan debt was, and it just vanished. I have no idea where it went. Well, I do know. It's gone. It went into the sea because I cast it into the sea. It's gone. There's no report of it. I looked. I checked like the financial aid, student aid and all that. Like I checked and there's no report of it. It's gone. So I spoke to the mountain using my authority in Christ and moved it, uprooted it. Why? Because debt is not my portion. It's not part of my covenant. When you understand your authority that you've been given in Christ, you'll begin to pray different. You'll begin to uproot mountains. You'll begin to uproot poverty, uproot sickness, uproot disease. Anything that's not a part of your covenant, it'll flee from you in Jesus' name. So it says he raised us up with him and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 3. I wanted you to understand where you are and where you're seated. And now we're going to cover the prayer for today. This is the second most important prayer you can pray on a regular basis. You should pray this every day. Every day you should pray this prayer. Paul thought it so important, he put it in the Bible. This is a powerful prayer. This is a prayer that is inexhaustible in Revelation. It's inexhaustible. Everything, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, he said, everything you need in this life is found in the Ephesians 1 and the Ephesians 3 prayers. Everything you need. Well, that's a man with a multi-million dollar ministry. He's reached uh, millions of people. I, I think their, their soul count is at like almost 50 million people given their life to Christ documented. He's reached millions, if not hundreds of millions of people globally all over the world. He knows what he's talking about. He said, everything you need is obviously in Christ, but it's accessed through the Ephesians 1 and the Ephesians 3 prayers. Look at this, Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. I want you to get this, highlight it, underline it, double line it, circle things, write notes. This will change your life. 
If you're joining me right now, this is part two of our new series, the three most important prayers that you can pray. Today is part two. Make sure you hit like and you hit share. Share this with somebody who will share it with somebody else. Verse 14, Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, somebody type in the chat, there is a reason. For this reason, meaning this isn't just a Hail Mary, uh, Mother of Grace, Hallelujah, peace out. This isn't just like a prayer. This isn't, oh, Father, please bless our food. This isn't like a an empty prayer. This prayer has a reason. For this reason, this is the specific reason that he wrote this prayer is what he's saying. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man. Even that is packed full of stuff. First thing I want you to capture here. For this reason, I bow my knees. You know, he didn't say I bow my knees in the Ephesians 1 prayer. This prayer is different. There's some prayer prayers that you pray standing up. A lot of people might say, I don't understand. No, this is something. The, the prayer of faith is never prayed on your knees. Some people will say, don't be hyper-spiritual, bro. It doesn't matter how you pray. No, it matters how you pray. Even in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for worship means to lie on one's face with your face literally physically touching the floor. That's the word for worship. Your posture is important in spiritual things. Your posture is important in spiritual things. So he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. I humble myself before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened. How do you get spiritual strength? How are you strengthened? Praying this prayer on your knees. When you pray on your knees, you receive strength. Believe it or not, it's a real thing. You are strengthened in your inner man when you humble yourself and get on your knees and pray. Strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man. Another translation says injecting power into your inner man. When you get on your knees before God and you pray this prayer, God will inject power by his spirit into your inner man. Verse 17. For what? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, I want you to highlight that in your Bible, being rooted and grounded in love, being rooted and grounded in love, this is the foundation for this spiritual power. Without the rooting and grounding of love in your heart, without the love of God in your heart, shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, your faith will not work. Meaning, doesn't matter how much power is in you by the Holy Ghost. If you don't have love, it will not be released. You could be full of dynamite, explosive, nuclear Holy Ghost power. If you don't have love, 
it will not be released. If you don't love what God loves and hate what God hates, it will not be released. Remember, the Bible says that the power of God was with Jesus to heal the sick. Why? Because he had compassion on them. It says multiple times he was moved with compassion. He loved what God loved. He was rooted and grounded in the love of God. And it released the power that was injected into him. That you being rooted and grounded in love may what? Verse 18, may have strength, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How are you filled? The Amplified says it this way, filled with the, filled, fully filled with the richest measure of God's divine presence. Ephesians 3.19, one of my favorite verses fully filled with the richest measure of God's divine presence. How? How do you get fully filled with the richest measure of God's divine presence and power? How are you filled more with the Holy Ghost than your brother? How are you filled? How can you be a a vessel that's filled to overflowing with the richest measure of God's divine presence that when you walk in a city, things change. When you walk into a building, things change. When you walk into a town, the devil says, I know what street they came in on. I know what they came here to do. And they start packing their bags and leaving town. How do you get to that place? It says that you must be deeply rooted and grounded in the love of God. That you may know what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And then you will know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. And that is the doorway to being filled with the richest measure of God's divine presence. Your love walk determines the measure of the Holy Ghost you carry. Do you love what God loves? Do you love your pastors? Do you love your church? Do you love seeing people saved, healed, set free, delivered? Do you love God's word spreading and multiplying rapidly? Do you love what God loves? Do you love righteousness and hate wickedness? When you love what God loves and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, you will carry the richest measure of God's divine presence when you pray this prayer. Verse 20, and this is what happens. Now to him who is able, someone type in the chat, God is able. God is able. Find the scriptures that say God is able. God is able. Think about 2 Corinthians 9. We'll cover that in a second after we read this. Because I want you to pay attention to what God is able to do. When you put trust in God, when you put your faith in God, When you have faith in God, in the name of Jesus, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, when you have faith in his word, when you have faith in God, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. It says this, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, or another translation says exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think, according to what? The power at work within you. What's that power? Love. The love of God at work in you is one with the power of the Holy Ghost. When you're rooted deeply and grounded in love, you're filled with the richest measure of God's divine presence. And by the power of God that saturates your being, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. A lot of people think, oh, if I'm just filled with like love, God's just going to randomly start doing things. No, he's going to empower you to do it. 
He'll give you the knowledge. He'll give you the prophetic foresight. He'll give you the anointing to produce wealth, the anointing to build that church, build that ministry, build that business, shake that city according to the power that's at work within you. There's, there's power at work within you. Great and mighty power. Undeniable power. Undeniable power. Someone type in the chat, there's power at work in me. Verse 21 says, Now to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Pray this prayer every day. Pray the Ephesians 1 prayer and say, Father, enlighten me. Give me the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Reveal to me today how great the power is that's at work within me. And do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think according to the power that you have working in me. Pray this prayer every day and your life will never be the same. I'm going to read one more scripture to you and then I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray together. I'm going to pray that you be filled today with the richest measure of God's divine presence. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. I'm going to talk about your finances and how God's power will work in your finances. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, Remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you the power to produce wealth. God gives you the anointing, the power, the spiritual power, physical power. He gives you the might. He strengthens you in your inner man to produce wealth. It says, remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power to produce wealth. Listen to this. This is how you remember God for empowering you to produce wealth. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Your generosity, your sowing and your reaping, you giving finances to the advancement of what God loves reveals your heart. Jesus said, where a man's money is, where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. So your heart reflects, your money reflects your heart. Someone type in the chat, my money reflects my heart. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly or stingily will also reap sparingly or stingily. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I remember the first time I gave $10,000 to my church. Changed my life forever. It was a big seed. And I sowed it into our church. And when I gave it to my church, the Lord gave me a Holy Ghost idea that produced, to this day, $200,000 four months later. $200,000, that $10,000 seed produced only four months later. And we're just getting started. It produced a multi-million dollar business idea that the Lord gave to me. The Holy Ghost showed me everything, gave me the blueprint, changed my life forever. I'll never be the same. And now I've been able to give $136,000 to other ministries worldwide already this year because of one idea. Because of one seed, it produced massive amounts of wealth because I remembered the Lord my God. And it says this, each one must give as they decide in their heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion or pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. What did we just cover? God is able. Someone type in the chat, God is able to make all grace abound toward me. 
When you're a generous giver financially, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Your giving can tap in to all the grace necessary to do what God's called you to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. If that doesn't make you want to run around the building, I don't know what will. Genuinely, it's life-changing. Excuse me. And I, I feel it even now in my life. After giving that 10,000, I've given now given 136. I can feel grace on me after giving $136,000 to other ministries. I can feel the power of God on me to produce wealth at high levels. Accessed by my sowing and reaping. And if God did it for me, he's no respecter of person. He will do it for you. Someone type in the chat, he'll do it for me. I like the amplified version. It says this. God is able... To make all grace and every favor and earthly blessing abound towards you in abundance. Yeesh. Glory to God. And it says that you may abound in every good work, being self-sufficient in all things at all times. Hallelujah. So as you give and you're generous to the advancement of God's kingdom, breakthrough becomes your portion. The power to produce wealth becomes your portion. God will give you Holy Ghost business ideas that will take you to the next level, just like he did with me. And now I'm going to pray for you. Before I pray for you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow financially and to act on your faith. And to join us in the vision that we have here to raise up a thousand online evangelists. We're about to break a hundred. We've got 98 online evangelists in our Kingdom Accelerator program. I'm raising up 1,000 online evangelists to preach the gospel in these last days to bring in the end time harvest. So our vision is to raise up 1,000 online evangelists. We currently feed 2,000 kids each and every single month in third world nations. This is a handwritten letter that I keep at my desk from them. And they're thanking us for the 30,000 meals that we've given over the last two years to their organization. And we're very thankful for your generosity because you help us to continue to do that. Like I mentioned before, we've given $136,000 to other ministries worldwide. We have about a dozen ministries that we partner with on a regular basis and we're just getting started. So I want to give you an opportunity to act on what it is that we just talked about today. As you act on your generosity, God will not leave you hanging. God will bring breakthrough, every favor and earthly blessing to your life in abundance in Jesus' mighty name. So I'm going to give you an opportunity here to sow and partner with us financially. The different ways that you can give are on your screen. Cash app is dollar sign Revival Way. Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal is at Revival Way. Or you can give on our website, RevivalWay.com. You can click Partner Financially today. There's a link in the chat for you right now. You can also give through Super Chat on YouTube. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge you. If you're a normal giver, maybe you're somebody that gives to this ministry on a regular occasion. Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. If you always give the same amount, I'm just telling you to do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. But I encourage you, stretch yourself. If you don't stretch yourself, if, if you don't feel it when you give it, if it doesn't cost you something, if it doesn't move your heart, it won't move the heart of God. Just telling you that. I've witnessed it. I've seen it. I'm living in it. 
You must challenge yourself in your giving. God loves a cheerful, prompt to do it, joyous giver whose heart is in their giving. Your heart is in your giving when you feel it. You know, when you feel it. When I gave $50,000 to our church, I felt it. <laughs> I gave almost everything. I, I felt it. That was no small seed. To some people, that's a small seed, but that was, that was a lot. And it, it moved me. And because it moved me, it moved God. So I encourage you today, as you sow financially, watch what God will do. And I'm going to join my faith with you. We're going to pray together. And we're going to believe God. I'm believing God that there's a hundred people that are going to sow $1,000 or more into this ministry to continue to help us reach this generation with the gospel. I have a vision of reaching 200 million people for Christ and raising up a 1,000 online evangelists that will carry the glory of God online and in person to this generation. So I encourage you. Maybe you have a business that you want to see blessed. If you know God is speaking to you about a seed right now, I thank you ahead of time for sowing it. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, every person under the sound of my voice right now as they give today, I join my faith with them according to your word that you said we're to touch and agree on anything. It shall be done for them. Father, let the 100-fold return work in their life now according to their faith. Angels, ministering spirits, go cause the word to work and cause every harvest to come now. Satan, take your hands off of every harvest now in the name of Jesus. And we give you glory with our giving, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm about to put a link in the chat for you right now of my pastor's live stream. My pastor, Pastor Stan Pody, a mighty man of God. If you enjoyed this live stream, you will definitely enjoy his even more. So we're going to put a link in the chat for you right now to go join my pastor on his live stream. And he's going live right now. So I want you to go watch it. The message that he's about to, uh, to share with you today is going to be life changing. So there's a link for you in the chat right now. You can click that link and go join. And I love you. And I will see you tomorrow morning at 1130 a.m. sharp. Don't forget, go join my pastor on his live stream and I'll see you there. Bye-bye.